Dave Emerson is the man in charge at Scotland's Zap Records, and he's joined The Antidote. Good to finally have a chance to talk to you, Dave. Great to be here, Dave. Thanks for having me. I first came to know about you during an interview I had with your old bandmate, Don Denecker of The Old Timers. Love that guy. Nice guy. Great punk band out of South Africa. Has punk always been your thing? Um, not always, um, but for a very long time. Um, I grew up in a house that was like really musical, you know, like it was always kind of music on. My parents listened to it, like I had a really eclectic taste in music, like all sorts of different stuff. Um, so I kind of grew up listening to lots of different stuff and, you know, we listened to what was on the radio quite a lot as well. Um, but I always had like a longing for some form of music that I hadn't come across yet. It sounds really strange, but basically when I was 16, I discovered punk and realized that this was the music that I'd been searching for, basically. <laughs> and it, it stuck with me ever since. You should explain about the old timers. You guys had the craziest band set up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those cases of, you know, kind of make do and mend. Um, there wasn't anybody in the town that I lived in that was really into punk or anything even remotely you know, hard music, shall we say. Um, so I was introduced to Don um, through a, a mutual friend who lived in Cape Town and um, actually was able to kind of go to Port Elizabeth and visit him and his family. Uh, you know, we both just absolutely loved punk and, you know, specifically kind of the JCHC movement and uh, Christian punk. And um, yeah, like he started to send me these demos. Uh, and I was like, man, this is this is pretty good do you mind if I, you know, make an attempt at putting some vocals on some of these songs? And he was like, yeah, go for it. So um, that's how it started. We just were playing around with demos and we made the, the you know, the kind of um, first old timers demo, which was called Punk's Not Dead and Nor Are We. And then Thumper Punk Records picked it up somehow. A friend of a friend of a friend gave it to Dave Aaron. And um, before you know it, like, we'd been offered to make a full length album <laughs> and um, we lived 12 hours away from each other. So he would just demo all the songs and then send them to me and I would record my vocals to them. And then we would send all the raw tracks over to Seth Idol in uh, wherever he is, um, Boise. Um, and he would do all the mixing for us there. So <laughs> That's yeah, insane. Yeah, like all over the world. So basically if programs like Dropbox didn't exist, we wouldn't have been able to do the old timers because we were all kind of like putting our different wave files in there and then Seth would get them from there and mix them. And yeah. You were in South Africa for quite a while, but then moved back to Glasgow. That must've been a huge cultural switch. Yeah, it was pretty intense both ways, to be honest. It was really intense moving to South Africa. Um, obviously very, very different culturally. I think the, the thing with South Africa is it's not just one culture to get used to. There are, you know, multiple cultures existing alongside each other that you had to kind of try and get your head around, all of them completely different to what you're used to. Um, so that took a while to switch over to. <laughs> and we were always the outsiders, you know. I mean, that, that's just kind of the nature of it. Um, but that was kind of a cool place to, to be because it, it gave you the, uh, the kind of liberty to be the weird outsider who made silly cultural mistakes and people kind of forgave you for them, <laughs> you know, so, you know, you could kind of be the outsider guy who could kind of bring different perspectives and stuff. So that was cool. Um, so yeah, we were there for six years, um, and that was an excellent time. And then we moved back and that was also a huge cultural shift for us because obviously we had gotten used to some of the things that were normal in South Africa and obviously 
in the six years we'd been away, things had changed here quite a lot. Um, so you're kind of coming back and you're having to kind of figure everything out and how things work again. So, yeah, it was intense, <laughs> but it was great. It's a wonderful experience, and I'm, I'm glad that God gave us that. Nice. The reason I asked earlier about your music roots is that Zap Records breaks the trend of most independent labels. It doesn't focus on any one genre. With your background, though, I would have thought that you'd be including only punk bands. Yeah, um, I think how that happened was I kind of dabbled with Zap Records like years ago, like, I don't know, 2003-ish. But it was just, you know, something that never really took off. Um, and when I thought about kind of really rebooting it and starting again, uh, it was kind of early 2015. And it was really just out of a desire to help people who I was friends with, who I knew had really good music, but they, they didn't know how to get their music out there. Um, and like through being in the old timers, I'd gained quite a lot of experience about, you know, how kind of the internet based kind of world of music now kind of works, you know, net labels and that kind of thing and digital distribution through things like iTunes and Amazon and, you know, Spotify and things like that. Um, and I just had a desire to, to help some of my friends to get their music out. You know, the people that I had that were friends that were making really good music, they weren't making punk. They were making kind of folk and indie and garage punk and stuff. And, uh, you know, so I just kind of started it to help people that I knew that were making good music. So I didn't want to be too, you know, focused on one genre at that point in time. Um, and that's just kind of the way it has continued to be. <laughs> I suppose the only way I've really got of describing Zap is that a large number of the artists are really on the fringe of the music scene. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty strange stuff, most of it. <laughs> and I think that that's probably just born out of the fact that I like things that are weird and wonderful. And, um, you know, that draws me to kind of other people who like things that are weird and wonderful and, and because that's what they like, that's the kind of music they make. Um, and, you know, like I said, I'm just in it to try and sort of help people get their music out there, get it heard by people and enjoyed by people and, and hopefully maybe purchased by people. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's all over the place. <laughs> certainly fits with me because I've always been into music that isn't typical which is why I've had so many of the artists from Zap on The Antidote. You know, bands like Easter Teeth, October Bird of Death, and ISF. So you connected with these artists due to friendship? Primarily, yeah. Um, and the way it's kind of worked is that, you know, as I've kind of connected with people and helped them to release their music, then they'll be like, oh, you know, my friend so-and-so, you know, is also making some music. Here, check their band out. So, you know, the, the circle kind of grows wider as time goes on because each artist that kind of comes to Zap usually has one or two people that they kind of think, oh, you know, they might fit on Zap too. So um, it just kind of grows that way. There's one common theme found with several of the artists on Zap. Some of the music is coming from a Christian perspective. Is that intentional? Um, I'd say it isn't. It isn't. Um. I guess what I would say is that Zap Records isn't a Christian record label in the sense it's not evangelistic. You know, we're, we're not looking to necessarily um, forward a specific message or necessarily evangelize people. Um, but obviously, because I'm a Christian, um, I share things in common with other Christians. And so, you know, a lot of the people that I'm friends with are also Christians. Um, and so then obviously, you know, 
their music would also tend to have, you know, a message about their faith and about God. So, you know, I'm intentionally helping my friends who are Christians to release music. Um, but it's not our intention as a label or as an organization to only release Christian music or to only sign Christian artists, you know. Um, there are a number of guys on, on Zap Records who are not Christians and who are aware of the fact that I am a Christian and that other bands on the label are Christians, um, and they're more than happy with that, and um, they're more than happy to, you know, be part of what I like to call the Zap family there's no favoritism in that sense. I'm not seeking to only promote Christians and Christianity, you know? I love the stuff from one Zap artist who's really out there because we did talk about some of this being on the fringe. Ospreyshire and his spoken word release versus and Anhedonia. What can you tell us about him? Curtis is a great guy. Um, I've been friends with Curtis for many years and um, I'm, I actually met him at Cornerstone 2012 I was fortunate enough to be able to get to that final cornerstone, um, which had been a dream of mine for a long time. So I'm, I'm still really thankful for that. Um, and I made lots of friends at Cornerstone and Curtis was one of those people that I met. And um, he's just an incredibly creative person. He writes short stories. He writes poetry. Um, you know, he plays several different musical instruments. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely one of those kind of all round creative types. And um, he'd been quite involved with some of the earlier Zap releases, kind of helping me to kind of write press release statements and things like that, because he's good with words. Um, and he'd always been like really kind of into everything that I was doing with Zap and, and a big encourager to me. So um, I'd always had a desire to, to help him to release something. But he's one of those creatives that is also quite self-critical and kind of underconfident, maybe, if you like, Um so it took me a while to kind of persuade him to, to release something with us, but I'm glad that I did. Pulling out another Zap artist that's uh, maybe a little bit less on the fringe is this acoustic punk release, and it's got the title post Bolin Pre-Peruvian Blast Punk. <laughs> you have to explain Blast, that. Blast Punk. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was me correcting your Afrikaans. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, um... My pronunciation of Afrikaans isn't great, but Method and Technique is the artist's name. Where are they coming from with this music? It's unusual. It is. Um, I think it's one of the most punk rock things I've ever heard, as far as I'm concerned. Like, Willem Samuel, who is also um, Skrialian, um, he told me about Joe and the music that Joe was making. He was like, man you got to check this out. It's so good. Um, so, you know, Method and Technique is one of those classic examples of how someone that was on Zap kind of introduced me to a friend of theirs, uh, and we ended up releasing their music as well. Um, where is it coming from? I, I, I don't know. His mind is obviously an incredible place. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it just has all the classic earmarks of just punk rock. You know, it's like, it's it's the best parts of, like, early NoFX. It's got stuff that reminds me of, like, hardcore punk like bad brains even um it's just one man with his guitar kind of screaming at the world and i just i love it <laughs> <laughs> there's something that you haven't admitted yet is that you also help out by adding your vocals on some of the releases like dystopian futures yeah um running zap records obviously puts me in a, a privileged position of being able to release my own music as well um, without too much hassle. So I, I take that opportunity shamelessly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had the, the 
privilege of being able to help out with the last couple of old timers releases before we went on hiatus. Um, Dave Aaron was gracious enough to let me do a co-release with him on those two releases. And um, yeah, Dystopian Futures is my, my kind of current project that I'm working on. And yeah, Zap Records makes it real nice and easy for me to be able to get my music out there. <laughs> <laughs> you do sort of have the inside track. Yeah, I've, <laughs> like I said, I'm shamelessly taking it. <laughs> this makes me wonder if there's ever been a time when you've met with an artist whose music was just so out of the norm that you couldn't see how it would work. Wow, that's a great question, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, dang, i got to rack my brain on this one. I, um, I think... Because I like weird music, I've never really heard anything that I didn't think could work. I don't know. Um, I can't really think of an example. Um, no, sorry, dude. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on that one. Okay, so then if the music you like is weird or eclectic, how eclectic is Dave Emerson himself? I think I'm pretty non-eclectic, actually. <laughs> um I, I don't know. I go through these kind of phases where I listen to a lot of a specific kind of subgenre of punk. So I'll go through a phase when I'm listening to like loads of kind of mid 80s American hardcore punk. Um, and then I'll go through a phase of listening to like loads of really British kind of noise punk, like um, sounding like Discharge and stuff like that. And then I'll probably go through a phase of listening to loads of. Um, kind of scar punk stuff so but it's generally kind of around the punk flag if you like so i don't i don't think i'm really that eclectic i think a lot of people would think that my record collection is really boring (laughs) (laughs) you sound like a friend of mine who will just overdose on a certain band or style and then not even touch it for two years yeah it's kind of like that (laughs) the funny thing about you is creating a label because I can't imagine any record label being a moneymaker anymore. You know, especially one covering niche markets. It leaves me wondering why you're doing this. Yeah, um, there definitely isn't any money in it. I'm not doing it for the money. Um, that's one of the things about Zap Records that maybe attracts people to us is that um, I don't take a cut. I do what I do for the love of it. Um, and I think really that my main motivation behind that is that as much as I said earlier that Zap Records isn't a Christian label uh, and we're not necessarily setting out to release Christian music or evangelize people, I do see my involvement with Zap Records as service to God. You know, um, I mean, you could use the word ministry if you wanted to. Um, I feel like this is my opportunity to show the practical love of God to other people. You know, so that's what I get out of it. You know, I don't take a cut, but I get the sense of um, being able to help people, you know, being able to love people like Christ loved people um, and being able to be helpful to others and hopefully encourage them. That's just from the heart. You know, that's how I feel about it. You know, I believe that as people hear these bands um, and they hear the message, I mean, some of the Zap bands are pretty strongly Christian in their lyrical content. Um and I believe that as people hear that, it will have an impact. That those, those seeds that are sown are not going to go to waste. Absolutely. What about the future of Zap Records? Have you got any more surprising releases coming up that you can share about? Um, you know, 
right now the canvas is pretty blank. Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of things in the pipeline for 2018. A lot of the bands that are on Zap right now are working on follow-up releases, um, and most of them have been cool enough to decide that they'll stick around with Zap, which is nice. Um, it's not always what I would anticipate, but hey, it's I, I'm really thankful for it. Um, so yeah, some follow-up releases, but I don't want to say any names because secrecy clauses in these things, you know. Um, <laughs> there, there is a there is a new release on its way um, from Dystopian Futures, um, which features the two songs I've already helped them release, um, plus a, a brand new track, um, and it's on a cassette tape, so that's nice. Um, we did a co-release with DBD Tapes in uh, Chicago, which is um, Zach from um, October Bird of Death. He's the drummer for them. He drums for Two Minute Minor as well. Um, so yeah, he, he's done a co-release of a tape for Dystopian Futures, which is cool. Um, and then look into the new year. There's literally nothing. There's no dates set firmly at this point in time. Um, but there are some really good releases in the pipeline that I'm really excited about. Um, hopefully a split release that might or might not be uh, ice hockey related uh, next year. So there is one that I can kind of let you in on. Um, there's a hardcore punk band from Hamburg in Germany called Praiser, who some people may or may not know. Praiser's been on this show before. Oh, there you go. They've been around for years. They're absolutely solid. They put something out every single year without fail. Um, so they have a huge back catalog. And um, Zap Records is really, really excited to be working with them on a sort of a best of, which will be out within the first couple of months of 2018. And I want people to be excited. There's, there is good stuff. I just can't say anything yet. <laughs> Let me just say this. 2018 is going to be a great year for, for Zap Records. Let's put it that way. Dave, this has been really cool having a chance to talk. Thanks for coming yeah. and best of luck with Zap. Thanks very much, Dave. I've really enjoyed chatting to you.